There's a phrase in one of those verses that I want to draw your attention to for a little while. It's verse 13 of that portion, Genesis chapter 16, and it's verse 13. It's the words of Hagar, where she said, Thou, God, seest me. Thou, God, seest me. Now, it is the case, and it is an uh, an example of it given in this very portion of Scripture that we have read, that oftentimes places were named after certain events that took place at those locations. For example, if you think of Jacob, and twice over in his life he gave names to places where the Lord met with him. There was the place that he called Bethel, which means the house of God. Then later on in his life, there was the place called Peniel, where he met with the Lord again on his way back home from Syria. And he named that place Peniel, which is a reference to seeing the face of God and meeting the Lord face to face. And there is an example here in this portion as well. The the last verse that we read, we read about a name that is given to a place. But what I want to draw to your attention for a little while this afternoon, it's not a place that is given a name, but a person that is given a name. Because we discover here that Hagar, she's fleeing from the tents of Abraham. She's evidently heading back to the land where she has come from. She is an Egyptian by birth and nationality. And the the details that are given to us In verse 7 of this portion would indicate to us that that's the direction of travel. She's heading back to the land of Egypt. The way of Shur was on the way to Egypt. And there is that wilderness that has that particular name. And here she is by a fountain. And if you were traveling through a dry and dusty desert, you certainly would need a place of water. And that's where Hagar is at this particular time. So she's left the tents of Abraham. Her and Sarah have had a falling out, and she has fled from the tents of Abraham, and she's making her way evidently back to Egypt. And then there is one that she encounters at this particular place. And it is that individual that she encounters that she gives this name to. And in our translation, It is this statement, Thou, God, seest me. That's how she described this one with whom she encountered. And I trust this afternoon that we might indeed encounter the Lord as we are gathered here for this drive-in service. That is the purpose for our coming together, that we might meet with the Lord. And as I've already said at the commencement, there is a particular blessing that is bestowed upon those who gather together in a public fashion. The Lord has commanded such gatherings, and he has pronounced a blessing upon when and where they take place. And therefore I trust this afternoon that we will encounter the Lord, and that we will hear his voice, for that is how we encounter him, in exactly the same way that Hagar encountered the Lord. And these are some things that we want to think about for a little while this afternoon. And as we do so, I pray the Lord 
will not only give us an encounter with himself, but that there will be a response that will come from our hearts as well, even as there was from the heart of Hagar that particular day. I want you, first of all, here to consider the identity of the one whom she encountered. She gives a name to this individual, but who is he? Who is he? The one that she encountered, the one that she met with at this particular location, she calls him, Thou God seest me. But the word of God here highlights something about who he is. You see, four times down that portion of Scripture, he is called the angel of the Lord. In verse 7 and verse 9 and again in verse 10 and 11, you will find that each one of those verses begin with this same title, the angel of the Lord or the messenger of the Lord because that's what the word angel really means. When we think about angels and the created angels, that is, we're thinking about heavenly messengers who have at certain times come to this world and who were visible. And the Word of God tells us that they come back and forth all the time in an invisible fashion. There are ministering angels. Hebrews chapter 1 tells us who are sent forth to minister day and daily to those who are the heirs of salvation. But we're not thinking here about a messenger who is created. We're thinking about another individual who has this name, the angel of the Lord. And that title is given to none else than to the second person of the Godhead. We're speaking here about the Son of God who came down to meet with Hagar. And there on that way to Shur, ultimately on her way to Egypt, leaving the tents of Abraham behind, it is none else than the Lord himself who comes in the person of his own Son, and he is the one who encounters Hagar. And that is something that she evidently was conscious of because of that title that she gave to this individual. Thou, God, seest me. She's conscious that the individual with whom she has had this encounter is indeed God. And it is the Lord that we need to encounter in our lives, every one of us. Unless we have an encounter with God, We'll never be with God for all of eternity. We'll never be in heaven unless we have had a personal, individual encounter with God. And it is only as a result of that personal, individual encounter with God, when you and I are saved by His grace and washed in that blood that we were thinking and singing off there just a few moments ago, we'll never be in heaven. We'll never be with God. You only can be with God in eternity if you have had an encounter with God in this world, a saving encounter with the Son of God, and therefore Hagar. And what happened to Hagar that day is indeed a very vivid illustration of what needs to happen to every one of us. We need an encounter with the Son of God. Now the Gospels are full of encounters that individuals had with the Son of God. That's one of the purposes in which, for which the Gospels were written, is that we might have examples of such encounters. And there's many, many encounters with the Son of God that we can turn up to this afternoon and to consider.
But what I want to particularly emphasize is the seeing, the all-seeing, the all-knowing aspect that there is of this individual with whom Hagar met. There's an attribute of God that is acknowledged here by Hagar. And that attribute is that God is all-seeing and all-knowing. We can call it his omniscience. He knows all things. He certainly knew where Hagar was. Remember, it tells us she's out in the wilderness. She has forsaken the tents of Abraham. She has fled from her mistress, Sarah. She is going back to the land from whence she came. But the Lord knows exactly where she is. The Lord is able to encounter her and to come to her where she is. And is that not a reminder today of the all-seeing and all-knowing attribute of God, even of God the Son? You see, my friend, today, if you're listening to me, I want you to understand that you can never get away from the presence of God. Oh, there's people who try to do so. They try to deny God. They try to deny his existence. They try to deny that he speaks. It is impossible to forsake the presence of God. I want to read a few scripture verses that highlight that. Psalm 139, verses 7 and 8, it says, Whither shall I go from thy spirit? Or whither shall I flee from thy presence? If I ascend up into heaven, thou art there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, thou art there. It is impossible to get away from the presence of God. No matter where you go, you could dig down into hell itself. Still, there's a consciousness of the presence of God. And that is one of the things that will torment sinners for all of eternity in a lost hell. It will be the presence of God, the consciousness that there is a God that they rejected and spurned and disobeyed and refused to come and repent of their sin and believe on. There's another couple of verses I want you to consider. This time it's the little prophecy of Amos, chapter 9, verses 2, 3, and 4. And here's what it says, Amos chapter 9, verse 2, Though they dig into hell, thence shall mine hand take them. Though they climb up to heaven, thence will I bring them down. And though they hide themselves in the top of Carmel, I will search and take them out thence. And though they be hid from my sight in the bottom of the sea, thence will I command the serpent, and he shall bite them. And though they go into captivity before their enemies, thence will I command the sword, and it shall slay them. And I will set mine eyes upon them for evil and not for good. So there's the Lord repeating that same thought once more. It doesn't matter where you go, the Lord will find you. You cannot ever get away from the presence of God. And Hagar acknowledged that. Away out there in that wilderness, with not another individual round about her at all. Maybe not for hundreds of miles was there another human individual anywhere near her. But yet she said, Thou, God, seest me. And God sees us, men and women. He knows all about us. 
He knows every sin that has been committed. He knows every word that has been spoken that ought not to be spoken. He knows every thought that has entered into our mind that ought not to be there. The Lord knows it all. He's the God that sees us. He's the God with whom we have to do. You see, we're going to meet this God someday. Oh, we might need an encounter with God, the Son, in this world in order to save our souls. But I'll tell you, certainly at the end of this age, there's going to be an encounter with God. This world is going to have an encounter with the Son of God, for He's coming again in power and in great glory. And every eye shall see Him, it says. And those who have rejected Him and despised Him will call upon the very mountains and hills to fall upon them and to hide them from the face of Him that sitteth upon the throne. This God is the God we're going to have to meet. And surely then we ought to give some thought to that today. If He sees us and He knows everything about us, then ought we not to consider that? And I trust that these words will sink into your heart today. If you're not saved, I pray they particularly will. If you don't know Christ as Savior, I trust the Lord will burn these words into your soul today. Thou God seest me. He has seen you all week. He has seen you all your life. And this is the God you have to meet. And how will you meet him in your sin How will you meet him if you have never had an encounter with Jesus Christ to save your soul and to cleanse you from your sins? How could you dare to meet him? My friend, you may dare to live without him, but you dare not die without him. You cannot afford to encounter this God unless you have come to know Christ as Savior. So there is the identity of the one with whom she met. I want you to consider the initiative of the one with whom she met. Because there's three specific things are stated here in these verses that the angel of the Lord did. And I want you to notice them. In three successive verses, verse 7 and verse 8, and then also into verse 9 and 10 and 11 as well, we can bring those verses in also. First of all, I want you to notice that it says there in verse 7, The angel of the Lord found her. The angel of the Lord found her. Now there is mercy. The angel of the Lord could have left her to go on to Egypt. She was heading out that way. She had chosen her course and she had set her path. And there she is fleeing from the tents of Abraham and she's heading back to the land of Egypt. The angel of God could have let her go on. He could have let her go on to Egypt and never found her never sought her out, never followed after her, never encountered her here at this particular place. What a mercy from God that the Lord would indeed follow after her. It is a mercy when the Lord finds us and speaks to us through his word. And maybe today the Lord is dealing with you, and maybe the Lord has been dealing with you, not only today but in past days as well. And you have known the Lord In a sense, you could say, just like Hagar, you have encountered the Lord. Maybe you have known a sense of the Lord's nearness and presence that you haven't known any other time in your life. And you can testify like Hagar that you know indeed what it is to encounter the Lord. 
Well, my friend, if the Lord finds us, it's a mercy. It's a mercy. That thought surely reminds us of those words of the Savior when he said in Luke's Gospel, chapter 19 and verse 10, that he had come into the world to seek and to see of that which was lost. He had come to find the lost. You remember the illustration just a little earlier in Luke's Gospel with regards to the shepherd, the parable of lost things, and that first part of it with the lost sheep and how the shepherd set out to find the lost sheep, the sheep that was out on the mountain, the sheep that was exposed to danger, the sheep that would have perished if it was not found, and the shepherd goes out to find the lost sheep. What a mercy if the Lord finds us. And if you're unconverted, that certainly is our prayer this afternoon, that the Lord might find you, that he might find you where you are, and maybe you're heading down to the Egypt of this world. Maybe that's the course you're on today. You're on the broad road heading down to destruction. And in a sense, you're heading to Egypt. Egypt in the Bible is a picture of the world. It promised much. It promised much. But it was a place of destruction in the end. And my friend, if you're on the broad road today, heading for destruction, I trust the Lord will find you. That's certainly our prayer. That's certainly the purpose in preaching. That's certainly a reason to have a drive-in, that you might hear the Word of God and that the Lord might find you through it. So the angel of the Lord found her. But then it also says in verse 8 that the angel of the Lord challenged her. He challenged her. He said, Hagar, Sarah's maid, whence camest thou? And whither wilt thou go? Now it's interesting that she only gave a partial answer. She didn't say where she was going. She said where she was coming from. In that verse 8 it says that she replied, I flee from the face of my mistress Sarah. So she was willing to declare where she was coming from. But it was altogether another matter. Where are you going? Where are you going? And we might be able to say something about our past with certainty. But my friend, what about the future? What can we say about the future? Whether are we going? Where are we going? Where will we spend eternity? When our days are done in this world, and they lay the body in the grave, but your soul wings its way out into God's eternity, where will you be in eternity? Where will you be? Whither goest thou? Do you notice that she didn't answer that part of the question? Could anybody, could somebody like Hagar really answer that question? She's still a long way off Egypt. Was she going to divulge to the Lord that that's exactly where she was planning to go? Was she going to tell the Lord that? Well, it seems she was reticent to do so. And she didn't answer that part of the question. And maybe today there's somebody here and you need to consider that question. Where are you going? Where are you going? And whatever you can say about your past with certainty, my friend, is the future shrouded in uncertainty? Is there doubt? Is there a question mark today as to where you're going? Because you've never had this encounter with the Son of God that we're thinking about. Do you not realize why you need today to encounter the Son of God? That will determine where you're going. And whether you will be in heaven 
or in a lost eternity. So the angel of the Lord challenged her. And I trust the Lord might challenge, yeah, each and every one of us today. The Lord would come and look into our hearts, challenge us. What is there? What are we doing at present? Are we running from the Lord for some reason? Maybe there's a Christian listening to my voice and some way you're running from the Lord. You know what the Lord would command you to do. The Lord has spoken to you and he's called you to obedience. Are you running away from the Lord today? Are you not in the path of obedience? Maybe your heart is cold and you're on your way to the world. Maybe your heart is set on the world and you're drawn aside by the world and all the enticements of the world. Would the Lord come and challenge you this afternoon as to just where you are at this very moment in time in your life as he did that day with Hagar? But then in the third place, I want you to notice not only did he find her, not only did he challenge her, but I want you also to consider here that he spoke unto her. He spoke unto her. There was something that he said. And how great a mercy it is when the Lord speaks. What can we say about the word of the Lord? They're words of life. That would be sufficient if we had nothing else to say today about the Word of God, we could say that much. These are words of life. And if the Lord speaks to you and He speaks to me, we ought to count that a great mercy. We ought to count it the greatest of all privileges to hear the Lord speak. And I trust that He will indeed do that very thing today and that we would have a hearing ear, that we would say, Speak, for thy servant heareth. The Lord speak to Hagar. And you have it there in verse 9, as I say, verse 9, verse 10, and verse 11. Those three verses open with that statement, And the angel of the Lord said unto her, And the angel of the Lord said unto her, Three times there in each of those verses you have that statement, that the Lord said something to her. He spoke to her. God speaks today through his word. That is why he has given us the Bible and that is why he has preserved the Bible. It is that we might have his word that speaks to us. And may the Lord speak this very day to us as he did to Hagar. There's one further thing that I want you to consider here. And that is the instruction of the one with whom she met. The instruction. Because the Lord, the angel of the Lord instructed her. He told her to do something. He told her to do something. The Lord came and found her here out in the wilderness by this fountain and he told her to do two things. First of all, she is to return. She is to return. Verse 9, it tells us that, that she was to return to the Lord. And I trust that the Lord today might call people to return unto him and to call upon him. Return, that is the command of the Lord, that we might return unto the Lord. As it says in Isaiah 55 and verse 7, Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts, and let him return unto the Lord. There is need to return. Just as Hagar needed to return, so we all by nature need to return unto the Lord. For we have forsaken the Lord and turned away from him, 
And therefore we need to turn again unto the Lord. So that is the first thing that the Lord said to her. The second thing he said to her was submit. Submit unto Sarah. Verse 9, the angel of the Lord said unto her, Return to thy mistress and submit thyself under her hands. Well, is there not a command in the gospel for sinners to do that very thing, to submit to the Lord and to place their lives in his hands under his control? Is that not what each and every one of us is commanded to do? Two things the Lord said to her. You are to return and you are to submit. And men and women, that's exactly what it is today that is required of each and every one that we would return unto the Lord and that we would yield submission to him and put our lives into his hands, put the saving of our lives into his hands. Paul could say that, that he was persuaded that the Lord was able to keep that which he had committed unto him, even unto that day. The Lord is able to save, and we are to commit the keeping of our souls to him. And the Lord, the angel of the Lord here, pronounced a blessing upon Hagar. If she did what she was commanded to do, then there was going to be a blessing. And it says there in verse 10, the angel of the Lord said unto her, I will multiply thy seed exceedingly, that it shall not be numbered for multitude. The Lord blessed her. The Lord multiplied her. And my friend, there is indeed today a blessing. If we but submit, if we return to the Lord and submit unto the Lord, there is indeed a blessing for us today. And I trust that that indeed will be the case. Thou God seest me. And may the Lord speak today through his word and call us on to faith and repentance. Call us on to return and to that submission unto the Lord. May the Lord bless his word to all of our hearts.